Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. <clears throat> Sorry, all choked up. Um, yeah, I, I explained it on the raw one, but have had some internet issues here the last couple of days. Uh, so kind of getting caught up on everything here on a Tuesday night uh, following the Flames game over the, the Boston Bruins. I did a, a live reaction to that on... Um, on twitch.tv slash primetimepk. I'm going to be putting up the audio version of that um, in the podcast feed. Probably won't happen tonight. Uh, maybe it'll happen tomorrow, or hopefully it'll happen tomorrow morning. Uh, and then the video, I've been putting up all the videos of the Twitch stream. Um, it's in a different playlist, but um, uh, we'll be putting it up in that one, uh, the, the Flames Rebuild one coming up here. Uh, again, probably tomorrow at some point. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for live reaction on that, that's uh, where I, it all went down. And we'll probably do a diary entry on that one coming up tomorrow. On this one, we are going to be looking at Super Bowl X-Factors, uh, a couple of the players and matchups. Oh, not matchups. We'll do more on matchups tomorrow. But a couple of the, the players or groups that I think are going to have a big say in how Super Bowl 58 all goes down. Plus, Saskatchewan Rough Riders making money moves, and looking at the teams that are the most interesting going into the NBA's trade deadline. If you have any thoughts on this, leave a comment on the YouTube video, and make sure you like and subscribe. If you're listening in podcast form, subscribe there as well, um, and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, leave a review, hopefully positive, with uh, all the, the choke-ups on here. Um, and you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeCline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. Already told you about that one. Also, Couch Potato Diary, is on Facebook. Uh, okay, let's get into it and continue our preview for Super Bowl 58. Super Bowl 58 goes down this weekend. We looked at what it would all mean for legacy and whatnot on the podcast on Monday. Um, today, looking at the different X factors, we know coming in, Patrick Mahomes going to have a pretty big say in this game. Brock Purdy, probably going to have a pretty big say in this game. But who are some of the X factors that could help decide this 58th Super Bowl? Well, let's get into it. On the Kansas City side, I'm putting um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, or MVS uh, for short. I think he is such an important part of this game, and we have seen how much different this offense looks with just a couple of big plays from him. He makes the, the game-sealing catch against Baltimore, and he made another big deep pass uh, reception against the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be the best defense probably. Well, Baltimore's defense is really good, but th this is going to be a really good defense that San Francisco is facing. And if not the best, then it's the second best defense they've faced all season long. And I just don't think for four quarters, you're going to be able to five yard pass, five yard pass, five yard pass, five yard pass, five yard pass. I don't think you're going to be able to do that against the San Francisco team consistently enough to be able to put up enough points to end up beating San Francisco. So I, I think they're going to need to take the top off this defense a couple of times. Obviously, Mahomes has the arm talent to be able to do that. Can MVS, who has not been the most reliable cat all season long, can he come up with one or two big plays in this game that can help decide it? Makes him an X factor in my book. Um, also, it's not necessarily a player. It's just a group. The run defense for Kansas City is going to be so important in this game. They weren't tested against the Baltimore Ravens, which was very frustrating as a Ravens backer in that game. But... I, I think most of that was game plan related by Baltimore. And I think a lot of what, um, 
a lot of the questions that we had about Kansas City in that game still kind of stand up. Um, they, they didn't play so well that they took Baltimore out of it. It's just that they were able to, to get ahead early and that was able to um, kind of spook Baltimore out of using the, the run game. Now, maybe that's an X factor in this game as well is getting ahead. Um, but Kansas City's run defense is going to have to step up. They are going to have to have a big game against Christian McCaffrey. And again, force Brock Purdy to beat you. Force Brock Purdy to get into second and nine, third and seven type of situations and make him pass his way to a Super Bowl here for for San Francisco. If Christian McCaffrey is going off in this game, the 49ers are going to glide to a championship win. They are going to need Christian McCaffrey to be limited if Kansas City is going to get the job done. I do think one of the things I just mentioned there, as an X factor, it's for both sides, getting the lead early. Both these teams want to just kind of slowly move the ball upfield. Kansas City is not a team that's built this year to come back from 10 down in the Super Bowl again. San Francisco has struggled when trying to come from behind in games. Um, under Kyle Shanahan. They've done it the last couple of weeks, but still... It's not a recipe for success. So I think a huge X factor in this X factor in this game is going to be just getting in front early. On the San Francisco side, I think the linebacker group, uh, highlighting Warner, but all the linebackers, and what are they going to be able to do on Travis Kelsey? Um, Hamilton, I thought, did a great job, and Kelsey was still kind of inevitable. We, we talked before about what Kansas City's offense is. And a lot of it is just based on trying to get to Travis Kelsey over the middle. If these linebackers can limit that and force one of Rice, MVS, or Hardman, or Pacheco, to be fair, um, to, to be able to, to beat them, that is a huge advantage. Now, taking out maybe the greatest tight end in the history of the sport is no easy task. But this linebacker group is so talented. That's going to be such a fun matchup to see coming up this Sunday, is how can these linebackers, with probably some safety help and maybe even some corner help, how are they going to be able to, to limit things? Because if Kelsey is picking them apart, San Francisco is not going to win this. But if they're able to limit Travis Kelsey, now we're talking a little bit here. And on that same note, George Kittle, I think is going to be very important offensively for San Francisco. I think that this is going to be a Kansas City pass rush that does get home on, on, on Brock Purdy and force some pretty quick decisions. And so I think having that reliable option over the middle is going to be so important for San Francisco just to keep the ball moving. Um, figuratively and literally, I think that's going to be very, very important here for San Francisco going forward. So those are some of the X factors as we get ready for Super Bowl 58. Coming up on tomorrow's podcast, we're going to look at the key matchups in this game that will help dictate how we look at Super Bowl 58. Um, it's not just the NFL getting the headlines. It's mainly the NFL getting the headlines, but CFL free agency, uh, they've, uh, the, the legalized tampering period is underway and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are legally tampering their asses off. Let's talk about it. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders, a team that I have made it no secret, uh, my favorite team, um, and a team that I have been a little bit frustrated with at times. But I'm not just going to be a hater. I'm going to be fair. And in all fairness, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are loading up here in free agency. Three big moves coming today. Obviously, the biggest one is A.J. Ouellette, uh, someone who I believe made my top 10 list for top 10 players in the Canadian Football League. Uh, a lot of discussion about the importance of running backs, but I do think when you get a, a game changer, or a difference maker anyway, at the running back spot in the CFL, it really opens things up a little bit because 
Like in the NFL, you run for two yards, it gets you behind, but you can make that up on second down and then you have a chance on third down. Ain't that way in the Canadian Football League. But if you can get a running back who can power his way to runs that would be graded successful in the, the, the NFL way of doing it, that I think takes so much pressure off of your team. And we've seen Olette be able to do it in the passing game as well with the Toronto Argonauts. Um, I think having a strong running back with Trevor Harris this year, or if Harris goes down again, being able to take some of the pressure off of the, the young quarterbacks that are going to be coming in. I just think this is, I, I think it's a really good signing for Saskatchewan. And again, I understand spending big money on running backs has not generally been the way in football to go about things, but Saskatchewan, I, I think one of their issues, honestly, last year was they just had a bit of a talent deficiency. Well, they went out and added one of the most talented players in the league, regardless of position, that has to help. And so I think this is a really smart move from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, the, the other move that they, or another move that they end up making, um, it is Jalen Edwards Cooper going to the, the Riders from BC. And I, I don't know if Edwards Cooper got enough credit for how good that defense was out with, with the BC Lions. Um, and, and so I, I think that this is going to be a, I think this is going to be a, a real good pickup here for a, a Saskatchewan team that has a hole in their secondary just based off of um off of Nick Marshall having to be released uh there was obviously some stuff going on in uh legally that drew that out and so now Jalen Edwards Cooper is going to come in and be a part of the solution to a, a secondary that was already a little bit leaky and then you you take a, a Nick Marshall out of it, a, a big play element out of that Saskatchewan secondary. You bring in Edwards Cooper, and I think that it, it shores things up a little bit and adds, I, I think, a lot of strength to the secondary for the Riders. And then the last one here is Jamarcus Hardrick. Um, is just solid, right? Like he's the the West nominee for or the West finalist. Sorry for uh, offensive line, most outstanding offensive lineman, an all-star, and all of these things. And when you look at the team that has had the most success in the West in the last four years, it's Winnipeg. How have they done that? With an absolutely relentless pass rush. How do you help with that? You bring in an all-star offensive lineman. Saskatchewan making him the highest paid uh, American offensive lineman, maybe not necessarily um, a, a badge you, you, you want to, to hold, but... Still, this is when you are kind of grading yourself against the best in your division and how you try to, to, to minimize their effects, this is a really good way of going about it. So for Saskatchewan, I have talked before about how frustrated I have been at how this team has been assembled over the years, but credit where credit is due, Jeremy O'Day is going out and building himself a high-level roster, I think, out in Saskatchewan. And look, there have been plenty of times where the Riders have felt like they've won the offseason and then it hasn't really translated. But this feels like a really, really good start. And you can also start to see the type of team that new head coach Corey Mace is going to want to put together. So I, I think this is a really great job with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of, uh, of putting this team together. Uh, all right. It is the NBA trade deadline coming up in just a matter of a day and a few hours. So uh, let's get into it by looking at the teams I'm most interested in going into the trade deadline. The NBA trade deadline goes down on 
Thursday, and it's uh, it's been very active leading up to it. Um, with the, the Toronto Raptors making a couple of big moves with OG Ananobi on his way out and Pascal Siakam on his way out. Um, but now, now is when the fun happens. That We've had a lot of rumors going around over the last little bit. So I'm looking at the most interesting teams going into the trade deadline. Uh, for more trade deadline talk, I looked at the, uh, the teams that this deadline is the most important to on the show yesterday, and there's going to be a bit of crossover. Honorable mention to my favorite team, the Toronto Raptors. They, they've obviously made their two big moves already, but I think that they could do a little bit more. So many teams are looking for bench scoring. Dennis Schroeder, check. Gary Trent Jr., check. Gary Trent Jr. should be traded before Thursday's deadline. There's no reason for him not to be. Um, his contract is up. This team is obviously going in a different direction. And he is still someone who I think can really be a valuable scoring piece. It's funny, like, you look at Schroeder, you look at Gary Trent Jr. Those are both pieces that I think would be really valuable to the the, the Los Angeles Lakers. And a, a team that just needs a little help in the half-court offense. Now, Toronto's half-court offense has struggled this year. And so bringing in a couple of complementary pieces to an offense that has struggled, I, I don't think they're going to start planning the parade route in Los Angeles. But I do think both of those players would be of interest. I also wonder if there's interest in the Jakob Pertl. The, the Raptors signed him in the offseason to a contract, what ends up being a contract extension after trading for him a season ago but when they traded for him the plan was different when they signed him the plan was different there's quite a bit of turn left on this deal but he can be a really valuable big man and you look at Oklahoma City a team who he had some success against just a couple of days ago um I think that this can be someone who can really help just in in kind of a a depth role or a starting role for a, a team that is looking to make a push. You look at the Knicks, who lost Mitchell Robinson, and now who knows how long Julius Randle is going to be out. Um, Pirtle can go in and and I, I think fill in really nicely there. You look at, again, Oklahoma City. I think Pirtle can fit there. So the Raptors have a bunch of pieces, and so that they can, I, I think, spread the wealth around and make this an interesting trade deadline. Now let's get to the list. At five, it's the Miami Heat. I get nothing about the Miami Heat should be judged based off of their regular season. But the regular season is kind of spinning out of control on them. Do they make a big splash to try to get this thing back on track? We will see. Um, at four, it's the New York Knicks. We, we talk a lot about heat culture. The Knicks are building up Knicks culture, right? Like OG Ananobi has been a perfect fit under Tibbs. And now you can really start to see the type of team that coach Tibbs is is looking to to build the issue is they still feel like they're a piece away and I don't think that piece is going to be available to them at the trade deadline but do they go out and acquire another big to help with Mitchell Robinson who they're, they're still hoping to get back at some point this season but is an absence that I think is being noticed I do think that with quickly going um out the door in the OG Ananobi trade it has strengthened the starting unit for the Knicks but I do think that the bench needs a bit of work. So do they go out and, uh, back to the Raptors with a Gary Trent Jr. or a Schroeder, or do they try to go out and get a Clarkson or someone like that? I, I think the Knicks have a real opportunity, especially with the, the injuries in Philadelphia. I think the Knicks have a real chance to make a push. At three, the, the third most interesting team approaching the deadline is the Oklahoma City Thunder. We just talked about them against the Raptors. They just lost against the Utah Jazz tonight. This is a team that I, I still think needs another big, either in front of or or behind Chet Holmgren. They they just, they still feel like they are a piece away from being a championship team, which is quite the thing to say about the one seed in the West, but it just feels like they're not all the way there. Can they get there? Absolutely. 
But I'll be interested to see if they just do a, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go out and get better. And what type of move that ends up being. At two, Golden State Warriors. Uh, we talked about how important this deadline was to them. Clay Thompson, very frustrated about being benched uh, toward the end. Same with, with Draymond Green. Uh, J J Draymond Green, sorry. It just, it, it hasn't worked this year in, in Golden State. There has been a lot going on. But one thing that has worked is Steph Curry. He is still balling out for this team. And it feels like a waste of one of, we're assuming one of the last great Steph Curry seasons if you don't go out and try to get him help. So I'll be very interested to see what Golden State does here in the days and hours leading up to the NBA trade deadline. And at number one, it's the Lakers. There's a lot going on around LeBron, but mainly like it's, it's the Lakers and it's LeBron and you have had not peak LeBron, but a very good LeBron all season long. You've had a healthy AD all season long and you're still in a play-in spot. The issues with this team are so obvious. Half-court offense is such a problem for this team. They need to go out and get another scorer. Um, there, there's just, there, there are improvements that this team needs to make. But if they make the right ones, I still think this is a championship caliber team with the potential for LeBron to, to be that guy and AD to, to step up. They do need a third. Um, and so that's why I think they are the most interesting is because it, it just, it is such a clear path, but does Zach Levine work with, with all of those guys? And if not, what other move is there for them to pivot to? So the Lakers, it's, it's very chalky, but they are the team that interests me the most heading towards Thursday's trade deadline. All right. That's going to do it for this show. Uh, thank you guys again so much for tuning in tomorrow. More Super Bowl talk. More NBA talk. We'll have some NHL in there as well. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. If you want more of me, uh, we're probably going to put it on this feed uh, again, podcast-wise. Um, I'm going to be on the Fresh Take Network doing a live uh, reaction podcast to the um, NBA trade deadline starting at noon over on the Fresh Take Network. Follow me on social media. I'll be tweeting it out and Instagramming it out. Um, and all of that stuff. Also, Friday, uh, I'm going to be back on the call for the Okotoks Oilers. Uh, so check that one out. Uh, again, I'll be tweeting that link out once it is available. So uh, thank you guys all so much for tuning in today. And I will talk to all of you again tomorrow. Have a good night, everybody.